Hello, I'm Donna Robinson, a lawyer with the Arts Law Centre of Australia. This is a podcast in a series for arts centres about the legal issues that impact them. This series is produced by Arts Law in partnership with Desart. This is the second in a podcast series and it's about online exhibitions and sales of works and copyright and other legal issues which can arise. We'll also touch on the artist's rights to their works on social media. We'll be talking to Iris Bendor, manager of Iltajara Art Centre, and to Annika Skinner, assistant manager of Jumpy Desert Weavers, about their experiences. I'll also be speaking with my colleague, Suzanne Derry, about how these issues can affect the work an art centre does when working with artists and promoting their artworks online. This could be the online promotion and sale of works on the Art Centre's website or through a gallery. We'll also talk about social media. Suzanne is a Principal Solicitor at Arts Law and the Director of our education programs. Welcome, Suzanne. Thanks, Donna. So what do you recommend an art centre do from a legal perspective if they're branching out and licensing artworks for use on merchandise? So I think, firstly, it's really, really very important that the art centre looks at its relationship with the artist, makes sure that it has a clear arrangement with the artist that authorises it to give permissions around licensing the works or um, whether that's for use on merchandise or or otherwise. Once the art centre has got that permission from the artist and it's comfortable that it's acting within the scope of the agency relationship that it's got with the artist, the art centre really needs to start asking questions about what sort of licence it might be granting. So I suppose there are two scenarios. One is where the arts centre itself is creating the licensed works or the merchandise. And the other scenario is where the arts centre is acting as an agent for the artist and somebody else is creating those reproductions or that merchandise. And so in, in each of those scenarios, it needs to be very clear to the artist and to the arts centre what the arrangement is and how many of the works are going to be made, how the work is going to be used, how long it is going to be used, what sorts of licensing fees or fee is going to be payable for the use and how the accounting is going to work. And with these sorts of arrangements, you know, it's often very exciting at the beginning to think about all of the potentials for um, and all of the potential for the for the licensed product or the licensed merchandise and how it would look and how it's going to be sold. But it's really, really very important to also have a conversation in that merchandising or licensing contract about what happens if things are not going well. What happens if there's a dispute between you? What happens if one of one of the parties wants to terminate the agreement? Because although that's not the thing that you usually think about at the beginning, if something does go wrong and there hasn't been any thought put into that, it can leave everybody in a bit of a state of limbo. So what about samples? They're quite important in this context, aren't they? Yeah, they are so important. So when we're thinking about samples in the merchandising space, really what we're talking about is the importance of having written into your contract that the artist is going to have a right to review and approve a sample of the merchandise before the product goes into a state of sort of more mass manufacture or, you know, before the product is really manufactured, even if you're going to do a really limited run of products. And that is important for a few reasons. Firstly, to make sure that the artwork is being used in a way that's um, permitted 
on the basis of the agreement between the artist and the art centre or the artist and the licensed party. But the other reason, obviously, is that you want the artist to be comfortable that the use of their work is respectful and really is, is not something that they're going to be uncomfortable with once the product's been created. Now, a similar question, but from a, from a different perspective, I suppose. What do you recommend an art centre do from a legal perspective if they're moving into online exhibitions and sales? Yeah, it's a great question because I think it also touches on that previous question around merchandising. Um, often what the art centre might be doing is not only selling the original works in the online space, but they may also be selling products like books um, and, and merchandise of the artworks. And in all of those instances, you know, the first, the first thing that we always have to come back to is what is the nature of the relationship between the artist and the art centre? What are the consents that the artist has already given to the art centre and what responsibilities does the art centre have to the artist in that relationship? So everything that flows from that originating kind of document, um, that, that original artist-art centre agreement, needs to then sort of determine how the subsequent um, uses of the work are going to work. So making sure that you are using the work within the scope of your Artist Art Centre agreement is very important. Once you're talking about an online exhibition or, or sale of artwork, you've got to look closely at the platform that you're planning to use to um, you know, do what lawyers call exploiting the rights that you, that you are um, planning to use so that you are ensuring that the work is going to be used in a protected environment and that you are not being asked on the platform um, that you're using to sell the works to give greater permissions than you actually have as, as an art centre. The other thing to be really sure of is that you've got a clear idea and understanding around how the whole money thing works. How does you know this, the, the online sale of the work uh, translate to your process as an art centre? Are there any hidden costs that you need to be aware of, that you need to talk to the artists about and that you need to accommodate for in your pricing of the work? And really thinking very carefully also about how the moral rights of the artist are going to be protected when the work is used in that online space, making sure that there is a very clear and prominent credit of the artist and that the work isn't going to be used in a, in a way that's a derogatory treatment of, of the work. So, look, there's lots to consider. And I think in, in any instance that you are moving into a new um, platform to sell work online, it's always very useful to get some legal advice about how that platform works um, and what the terms and conditions of that platform are to make sure that you aren't putting yourself or your artists in a position um, in which the interests of any of you are jeopardised. Mm. Of course, another issue that can arise is that artworks become vulnerable to being copied when they're on the internet. People can copy the idea, the concept or the technique quite easily or they can straight out copy the image itself. Just because an image is on the internet doesn't mean it's open to people to copy it. It is still protected by copyright laws in the same way. Annika Skinner is the Assistant Manager of Jumpy Desert Weavers. Have you had any experience with artworks being copied because they've been online? No, we're really fortunate in that it's a, it's a lot harder, but a lot of our friends, um, other art centres here in Central Australia, we've witnessed it happen to them um, and it's a pretty horrific experience. Um, and, 
it just it doesn't make sense in a lot of ways because you know it's better to be creative but for your own and it's stealing um but yeah we've, we've certainly witnessed art centers who are close to us go through it and it's a really awful experience Suzanne, what can an artist, an art centre do to protect themselves from their works being copied when they're posted online, whether it be on a website or in social media? Yeah, it's a great question. And, you know, I think it's, it is a very vulnerable space because to some extent, unless you engage with that online space, you sort of miss out on a huge opportunity for a much greater audience. But if you don't engage with the space, um, you know, your works are generally less vulnerable to copyright infringement as well. So it's it's one of those balancing acts. And I think art centres really um, have a very important role to play in ensuring that where they are facilitating or brokering or acting as an agent to put their artist's work online, that they are doing everything that they possibly can to ensure that it's as protected as possible. So I think... Some of the things that can be done um, really relate to, you know, digital rights management. So it's simple things like disabling the right-click function, um, watermarking with the copyright symbol and the artist's name, those sorts of things uh, are quite, quite important deterrents for somebody who might be thinking of doing the wrong thing with the work. And it is really very important that if you do become aware that any of your artists' works are being used without their consent or the art centre's sort of authorisation on their behalf, that you seek legal advice about that as quickly as possible. Because obviously with online infringements, you know, these um, this type of infringement can very quickly uh, move uh, into... Um, a, a very rapid use of the work without the artist's permission. It's, it sort of can sometimes be a bit like a, a wildfire spreading and once, you know, an, an unauthorised product has gone to market, you can have some real difficulty in trying to reel that all back in. So getting legal advice as soon as you think that there's something sort of fishy going on and, and making sure that you're protecting the artists that way is, is very important. And many art centres are using social media as a way of promoting their artists too. What's What's been your observations or experience about how well this works for, for art centres and artists. Annika Skinner at Jumpy Desert Weavers. I think really well. Um, I think it's a really good way of sharing the story of the rich story of art centres and what amazing hubs they are for communities um, and sharing that everyday life and this and the stories, not just the artwork, but everything that goes into making these phenomenal pieces of art. Iris Bendor is an art centre manager at the Iltajara or Many Hands Art Centre. By using social media, you're really using that as a conduit to the art centre's website, aren't you? Yeah, so we've, you know, last year, if you look at our social media for, from last year, you will see that most of our posts are more advertising our events, our projects, uh, exhibition openings, where we are, what we're doing. So it's a roundabout way to tell people about us and what we're doing, but it's not direct, wasn't really directly calling people to go to our website and buy sometimes, but it wasn't what we were doing regularly. But what we did notice also on our social media is that the quality of the pictures really matters. Um, so people respond really well when there is a beautiful art, a picture of a beautiful artwork on, on the website or on the social media, sorry. 
So yeah, that's, that's been working well, uh, good quality pictures. Uh, we also noticed that Instagram seems to more directly generate sales or generate uh, interest than, than Facebook for some reason, maybe because it's a more visual um, space or maybe it's a different, different people that go on Instagram. Yeah, I, I'm not sure, but Instagram's been, been working well. And before the art centre starts, you know, putting a watermark on the work or only using a part of the work when they post it, what sort of consultation do they need to have with the artists before taking those kinds of steps? Suzanne Derry. Mm. So this just comes back to you know, some of the things that we, we touched on in the, in the previous question around making sure that the art centre is very clear about um, the rights and responsibilities that are embodied in that original arts, artist and art centre agreement, that written agreement that documents the relationship. So we're always encouraging art centres to make sure that they have very clear and open discussions with their artists about the nature of what they do, how the whole money transaction story works, um, how copyright works and how they plan to... Uh, use the copyright if that's something that they are being given permission to, to use in, in that original agreement. Make sure that that's all in writing. Arts law have got a number of um, template resources that can be very useful in having those preliminary conversations. And, you know, if, if you're a new art centre manager and you're looking at getting all of those things in order, then please feel free to get in touch with Arts Law so that we can help you to do that because it is really very important that when you are having... Um, any negotiations with third parties around the artworks, whether it's a gallery or an online platform, um, that you make sure that you are doing that within the scope of the permissions that you've been given by the artists that create the works. Because if you aren't doing that, um, it can lead to all sorts of issues. And it can also, in addition to leading to legal issues, it can lead to all sorts of um, problems around, around trust and, and confidence in the artist. Um, art centre and the art centre manager. So um, having transparency around those negotiations is very important. And building on that communication between the art centre and the artist, there's also the communication between the art centre and the gallery. If a gallery approaches an art centre to have an online exhibition, what kind of things should the art centre be looking at when they're provided with a contract by the gallery or discussing the terms of a, an agreement with the gallery? It's really, really important that any agreement that the gallery presents to the art centre around how it plans to use the works for the online exhibition is reviewed and considered carefully. If there's no written agreement, um, I think that that creates a bit of risk and uncertainty for everybody about, you know, what, what people are actually consenting to because then you're trying to grapple with relying on, on emails and the history of a conversation with the gallery um, so it's important that any permissions that are being given to the gallery to use works for an online exhibition are very clearly um, put into writing and, and agreed to by both parties. Then I think it's important to understand and look at what platform the gallery is using and what sorts of digital rights management tools are available on that platform so that the artwork can be um, used in a way that is going to create the most secure possible environment for that work. I think the other very, very important issue to consider when you're looking at that arrangement with a gallery that's planning to exhibit works online is the attribution of those works and how that will work, including any 
um, attributions of community that might be relevant to that particular work and any acknowledgements around the Indigenous cultural and intellectual property in that work. The other very, very important thing um, that, that you need to be aware of as a manager is to think about, you know, how transactionally you are going to recoup your costs of providing the works to that online um, exhibition or to the gallery, how are sales going to work, how does the money flow from the purchaser um, on the online space to you as the gallery, what sorts of commissions or fees are charged, make sure that you're, you're comfortable with all of those so that you can price your work accordingly and also provide realistic expectations to your artists about what um, your provision of their works to that online gallery space might actually garner for them um, in terms of realistic sort of uh, fees or, or, or um, payments for, for the use of the works in that online space. Thank you to Suzanne Derry, Iris Bendor and Annika Skinner for their time. This is part of a series of podcasts created by Arts Law in partnership with Desart. You can also find our podcasts on copyright, moral rights, social media, consignment of artworks and registration of the consignment on the Personal Property Securities Register. As always, if you have any questions, please contact Arts Law via email, artslaw at artslaw.com.au. Goodbye. This podcast is intended as a guide to the law only. It's not legal advice and should not be used as a substitute for legal advice. Legal advice should be sought on the specific issues affecting you.